0: Hello, friends at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Thank you for joining us online today. This Sunday, we will be honoring our veterans as Pastor John Guest continues in our series on the sacrifice of giving. Have a great day, and thanks for listening. Well, you'll have to pray for me right now. I'm emotionally all over the place. I don't know if you ever get to feel like that, but it's like scattered pieces of my personality. It's been quite a week. And uh, even as we celebrate, for instance, our veterans. when Walt Reddy was flying those bombers out of England over into Europe I was a little boy tucked up in bed It was during the second world war that i remember seeing for the first time american soldiers and airmen on our streets in england in fact we were told as little boys if you go up and say to one of these yanks that's what we called you all if you go up to a yank and say have you got any gum chum they give you a stick of chewing gum You were famous for chewing gum. (laughs) I used to see those bombers going over every night. Where I was growing up in Oxford, nearby was a very big Air Force base called Bryce Norton. (laughs) The average survival rate of those bombers... Was something like six missions. Walt Reddy flew over 20 missions and survived. You tie that to the fact that that's when my first admiration for the USA developed. That you came and rescued us. It's hard for you younger people to conceive of it. But I slept in air raid shelters each night. I used to go and play on the bomb sites. I would watch the searchlights at night scanning the sky in London. To pick off the Nazi bombers coming over to bomb us. Then the anti aircraft guns would focus in on them as they got the searchlight on them. But that's when I first came to admire and be grateful for the USA. And I say thank you again to you all. We would never have survived had you not got involved. And that was an issue. And having become an American, when I came across this, I was so moved by it. I carried amongst my illustrative material. And I've got like over a suitcase full of it in my office. But this statement, it is the soldier, not the minister, who has given us freedom of religion. It is the soldier, not the reporter, who has given us the freedom of the press. It is the soldier, not the poet, who has given us freedom of speech. It is the soldier, not the campus organizer, who has given us the freedom to protest. It is the soldier, not the lawyer, who has given us the right to a free trial. It is the soldier, not the politician, who has given us the right to vote. It is the soldier who salutes the flag, who serves beneath the flag, and whose coffin is draped by the flag. Who allows the protester to burn the flag? Written by Charles Michael Province, US Army soldier. So we do owe, and I in particular owe a great debt of gratitude. To our veterans. Who pay that price. Just as Pastor Robbie mentioned. To be away from family. And the wounded warriors mission in this country. And the ad that many of you have seen. Especially if you go through Pittsburgh airport. That there are many wounds you don't see. In these wounded warriors. How grateful we are. Now, you put that alongside the fact that we've just gone through an election. A very emotional, maybe they're always, always very emotional. If you get invested and you care about the country. But I chose to become an American. I love America. I care about America. I went to bed uh, Tuesday night, I think it was. (laughs) Seems already a month ago. And went, I knelt down somewhere around about 11 o'clock, midnight. Spent 15 minutes at least beseeching God on behalf of this nation and the election. Sunday night, Wilson Hall was packed to standing room only. Something like 600 people from across our cities crammed into this space praying for our nation and that election. Franklin Graham, son of Dr. Billy Graham, the preacher who, my listening to him as an 18-year-old lad in London, Billy Graham, gave my life to Jesus. And then we sang that song about it's all Jesus. Was, is, will be all about Jesus. Jesus. My mind flew to that night listening to Billy Graham when I gave my life to Jesus. I didn't become perfect, but I can tell you this. He got my heart. He got a hold of me. Jesus did. My life's been about Jesus. I went looking for a wife who loved Jesus. She was still in middle school. (laughs) She may have been younger than that. She's seven years younger than I am. So you think of me, 18, and you go back from an 18-year-old kid to Kathy running around eating pickle sandwiches (laughs) somewhere out in the Midwest. and God saved her for me and drew drew her to himself. So that I come to the USA, and I end up looking for a bride. And there she was. Franklin Graham, the son of the man who preached the sermon that drew me to Christ, pretty much for one year, gave up traveling the world doing evangelism to go state by state, to the capital of every state, the 50 states and including Hawaii and Alaska, and gathered people of the state outside the state capital to pray. Many of you went over to Harrisburg just about a month ago when we gathered there to pray at the capital. There's something like about seven or 8,000 people there crowded into a fairly small space in front of the capital to pray. For our state I know we're divided politically, even within this room, But the issue in that election was about the Supreme Court, as far as I'm concerned. It wasn't about Republicans and Democrats. It wasn't about health care. It wasn't about taxation. There are a lot of issues that go into making up an election and people have got their issues. For me, and for most of us who were gathering and praying as intensely as we were, it was about the Supreme Court appointments that are in the making, one already, and some to come, certainly in the next four to eight years. Because the issue is a Supreme Court that will protect our rights, honor the Constitution, and by God's grace, one of these days, we'll remove Roe versus Wade from our books. That's the issue. That's what I was pleading with God about. So God pulled off a miracle as far as I'm concerned. Donald Trump did not have a snowball's chance in hell of getting elected. And he did. And God pulled off a miracle of biblical proportions. You are witnessing a biblical, God-given Victory for our heritage and especially for the unborn, the unprotected, those who have no voice, the innocents in the womb. As you know, we heavily commit ourselves as a church to the pro life defense of the unborn and the maintenance and care of those who keep their children. And then we come to worship here. We sing the kind of hymns we have. The songs we've sung have the kind of look and imaging. When I was up in the sound booth having my microphone Put on. I don't know if you're a visitor when you walked in here, this would have looked pretty dramatic to you. It will look dramatic to me, and I'm used to it. The inner workings of worship so you've got stained glass windows with all this mechanistic stuff, cogs and industrial looking images. we sing songs about Jesus and I've been asked to speak to you about sacrificial giving and that gets down to the heart of the mission the treasure principle which is the naming of this series if you haven't bought the little book, and we're selling it to you at about half whatever it is in the shops, which is the price we got to pay for it, we got a deal. Buy it and read it. Separate from the sermons, buy it and read it. It's phenomenal. But when you speak about sacrificial giving... There is this famous verse in the scriptures which says that where your treasure is, this is the treasure principle, there your heart will be also. So if you take that, and this is a teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, one of his famous teaching series. So this isn't the church's idea. It's not an organization's idea by which you get money. It's Jesus teaching about a principle that where your treasure is, there you will invest your heart. Take the word treasure. What is treasure? It's not simply money. In the principle of it, It's what you count as valuable. What is it you count as valuable? What dominates your thinking? What is the central value of your life? Is it your family? Is it your career? Is it your health? Is it your security? Is it the position you hold within the framework of whatever your career is? Is it fantasy football? Is it real football? I've got a couple of tickets here for the game this afternoon. Here they are. I'm going to go get dressed in black and gold before I leave this site (laughs) but we do bleed black and gold what is it that is your treasure is it what you've got in your bank account in your retirement account is it some dream of the future of what you're going to be your sense of destiny? What is your treasure? Can you answer that for yourself? That's something to ponder. What is it you count as more valuable than anything else? That's your treasure. And whatever that is, you get the sense of what Jesus is saying. Whatever that is, whoever that is, That's what you give yourself to. What is your heart? You hear a lot of young people talk about what's their passion. What what is their passion is what they give themselves to with all their energy. Presumably, when they say that, that's where they're focused with their intellect, their energy, They're dreaming, they're investing of time. Study. Negotiations. Dreaming of something. I have a daughter who's given at least a year to writing a screenplay which he is now trying to get into the movies to have be- made a movie. I would have to say that's her treasure. That's what she's given herself to, night and day, paying for teachings and references and all sorts of things she's giving herself to. And we've aided her, we're praying for her. Because we'd love to see her get her passion realized. What do you give yourself to? Because that's where your heart is. And when you give yourself to it, you're expressing that. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For me... John guessed, my treasure is Jesus. It is the kingdom of God. It's the family business of our Heavenly Father. That's it. So here I am with another chapter in my life ahead of me. People say, are you retired? I said, I'm retired from leadership at Christchurch. I'm about to commit my half my life right now, which will, I figure, probably be the, my final chapter. Half of my life my time, my energy, probably be more to the Urban Impact Ministry of Pastor Ed Glover. The other half will be Christ Church, supporting and encouraging Jared as he continues his walk into the leadership of the church and the years that lie ahead of him as a young man. But I for sure got another chapter. I haven't quit. Because Jesus is my treasure. When people asked me about that, I said, as long as my mind is connected to my mouth, I'm in business. (laughs) So I walk on the north side with Pastor Ed just this week. And he takes me to a building. They are in crisis, urban impact. is growing exponentially. Allegheny General Hospital is building a parking lot right on the site of ACAC, Allegheny Center Alliance Church, which is where Pastor Ed's ministry grew and became what it is. And they're on site there. And a multi-story parking lot is going up because the hospital's in crisis. And they've negotiated a deal with the church to build a multi-story parking lot on their site. And that's shifting everything around on their site. And now Pastor Ed, who's never owned any property, has got to go find someone. He shows me a building. We walk around the outside of it which miraculously has just become available for about a million and a quarter dollars. So now, I'm thinking, where do you go find somebody who will buy that building for them? If it's you, come and see me. <laughs> well, a quarter of a million will secure it. What are you giving your life to? I did find a woman who loved Jesus first. She loves Jesus more than me. She loves Jesus more than her kids. And let me tell you, she loves her kids. They happen to be mine as well. Four daughters. You see, in reality, and I guess when you get to be 80, which is what I am now, you can say this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And heaven beckons me from wide open doors, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. But that was so at 18 when I gave my life to Jesus this world no longer was my home I was just a passing through my treasures were laid up somewhere beyond the blue and heaven was beckoned me from open doors with the realization that I can't be at home in this world anymore When I said to you, I love America, I do. But I love it in the name of Jesus. You know, there was that day in Pittsburgh when I drove down the Ohio River Boulevard, Route 65, into Pittsburgh to the federal courthouse, and I stood in front of a federal judge, and I put my hand over my heart, faced the flag and this judge... And said, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. And then I had to disavow myself of any other allegiance to any other sovereignty. And I'm an Englishman, a Brit. And I did. And I became an American. Well, let me tell you, that night in London when I caught a bus and an underground train into Harringay to listen to Billy Graham, I went in as a citizen of hell, on my way to hell. And I caught the same traffic back out to Walthamstow, an eastern suburb where I lived, a citizen of heaven. That's my primary citizenship. It's Jesus. He's the King of that kingdom. He is my Lord as well as my Savior. And my treasure is Jesus. And my heart and all that I have is His. Let me just mention this in closing. One of the heroes in my life died last year. Her name was Elizabeth Elliot. She married a chap by the name of Jim Elliot. They met at Wheaton College out in Illinois. And when they married, they both agreed to go on the mission field and they went down to Ecuador to reach a savage tribe that had never been reached called the Alka Indians, A-U-C-A, Alka Indians. This was in, while I was in college, the news came that her husband Jim, along with several other missionaries who had gone to reach this tribe, had flown in on a little biplane, a little single-engine plane, landed alongside a river to reach these Indians and in less than 24 hours they were all speared to death. Elizabeth was back at the camp from which the plane had left with their little baby girl. And the news came that not only her husband but the husbands of the other women who were gathered there had been slaughtered and jim eliot had written in his diary this very what has become a very famous saying and i read all about this as now a young student on my way into ministry he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep, his life, to gain what he cannot lose, eternal life. And it's Jesus who makes that all possible. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says of Jesus, he who was rich beyond all measure, all for love's sake, became poor. That is, became a human being. Became one of us. That we might become rich. And rich we are if we have Christ. Without him... No matter how much money we have, we are empty and poverty-stricken spiritually. With Jesus, we have the gift of eternal life. Sins forgiven, washed, made new, clean, filled with his Spirit, given a mission and a passion and a vision for our lives. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Your ingenuity, your time, your energy, your passion. Jesus. One other very famous missionary said this. Another of my heroes, his name was Charles Studd. Better known as C.T., Charles Thomas Studd. He said, he is no fool. Let me start again. I started down the wrong track. If Christ be God and died for me, no sacrifice I will ever make for him will be too great. Stud was a multimillionaire. You read his biography... And you see a picture of the mansion that he inherited with millions and millions of dollars. And you see the hovel in which he died in Africa. And all his wealth he gave away. All of it. He said to the girl to whom he was engaged, as that wealth was passed on to him, His father having died, and they were on the mission field already. He said to his bride to be, I'm going to give 90% of this wealth away and keep 10% for us. And she said to him, Let's start even, give it all away. And he did. Because if Christ be God and died for me no sacrifice that I will ever make will be too great. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are here and you love us Love us passionately, devotedly, focused on a mission you have for our lives, for us. How we love to hear the prayer of Pastor Robbie that when he was off in the wilderness and turning his back on you, you went looking for him and found him. Retrieved him. Rescued him. So now he's here with us as a pastor. Has the wife that he has and the child that he has. And you have that same mind set on us, Lord Jesus. Like a laser beam. Of your intention and your desire for us. Help us to discover that, Lord Jesus, to surrender to you, to give in, to yield, that you may capture our hearts and become for us the treasure above all treasures, our destiny, our home our ambition. You are our treasure, Lord Jesus. May our hearts be where our treasure is, fastened to you, chained indissolubly to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus.